Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. We are recording today from Healing Interactive Massage Therapy. They specialize in lymphatic therapy and cupping massage. It is honestly like the most relaxing thing you'll ever do. It's great. Um, You can visit their website at healinginteractive.com for more information, but believe me when I say it's like legit the best thing ever. Um, They've been gracious enough to let us record in their office space on their off days. Um, So yeah, give a big shout out and a thanks to them for allowing us the space to do this podcast. On with the show. Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with my best friend, Brittany, again. Uh, And this is a special episode. Tell us why. Well, it's a special episode for a lot of reasons. First off, it's been a year. Do 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 do. Uh, no, yeah, happy dance. It's been a year. Movies and mochas. It came out May twelfth, and obviously it's past May twelfth. But by the time Who's this counting? episode comes out, it's yeah, it's been just over a year since the first episode aired. Well, happy first anniversary, Drew. Thank That's you. So exciting. Yeah, so that's the first one. Um, so special episode is it's like the yearly anniversary. So proud of you. So proud of you. It's been a crazy year. It's been an insane year. You've accomplished a lot in a year, though. A lot of things that I didn't, I never imagined doing. Right. First off, I never imagined doing a podcast. And now look at you. You're one year into it. You're growing it. You've got different guests on every week. I'm honored that you invited me for the one year anniversary. Well, I had to because that's the other thing is this movie is so significant. Yes, it is. Um, Before we get into that, I do want to just give a quick shout out to the fantastic Coast Coffee Roasters. Mm -hmm. Charlie Plowman has been the savior of all of this. Yay, Charlie. You know, he he taught me coffee, which I think we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coast Coffee is, like, kind of one of the partners of this podcast. It's a game changer. It's some of the best coffee. Like, I know I say it all the time. And I say it every episode. But, like, listeners, like, you don't realize how good this coffee is. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. a one-man band. Like, Charlie does it all himself. It's fantastic every roast is different because it's all um you know he does each roast individually like they're they're all going to be slightly different because he does each one at a time and it's just Mm -hmm. the level of knowledge and skill that he has it's just so great insane yeah shout out charlie you're killing the coffee game yes and if you guys haven't yet checked it out please go check out coast coffee roasters you can Find him on Instagram at Coast Coffee Roasters. Go to his website, coastcoffeeroasters.me. Um, and any listeners of the show can get 20% off their first order of any of his products on his website by using the promo code MoviesAndMochas20 uh, at checkout. You get 20% off, which his prices are already really good compared to a lot of other mm-hmm. shops. And you get 20% off even better prices. Like mm-hmm. good quality, low prices. It's 
Check it out. I don't know why anyone wouldn't check it out. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. And Charlie's just a great guy. Yeah, he is. He's fantastic. He's amazing. Yeah. He's really funny. He's funny. He feeds my caffeine addiction. What's not to love? All of it. Yeah. No, none of it. Wait. (laughs) What's not to love? None of it. Which would mean all of it, right? I think so. Okay, cool. None of it. (laughs) No, that doesn't make any sense. What's know. not to love, which I would say none of it, which would make it a double negative. Maybe which just say, all of it? maybe just agree. Yeah. What's not to love. Right. <laughs> That's how you do that. And this is how we get off on really weird, crazy bunny trails. More coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So go check out Coast Coffee Roasters. <laughs> uh, so this week to celebrate the one year anniversary, we are doing my all time favorite movie. It has been brought up. Almost every episode, I can somehow turn the movie to Sherlock Holmes. And she does. And I do. Almost every time. Mm-hmm. And so what better than to finally do Sherlock Holmes? Because I did Game of Shadows last fall. Yeah. During the fall, I did a Game of Shadows, which is the sequel to this movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie I was saving for a special occasion because it is my number one favorite movie yeah, well, and it's super significant to the start of the podcast. To the start of the podcast, to my life in general, really. Yeah, and you know? big things in your life, like your tattoo. I do. I have a tattoo of the music of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, this is probably your biggest one, so I think it's uh, it makes a first year episode. Like, yeah. I mean, I have a Sherlock Holmes candle I'm burning while we're doing this and it's in kind of like a a dim lit room so it just has a very sherlock Holmes vibe right now i'm kind of digging it it's a sherlock holmes candle it's called 221b baker street is Mm. the name of the candle yeah and if you were to think of a smell or assign a smell to the movie i mean it captures it perfectly in my opinion oh yeah well even just the character um it's from this candle studio called highland bluff yeah highland bluff studios highland bluff studio it's here in tennessee um the scents are leather smoke and old books that's of this one that's what the sherlock holmes one Mm -hmm. is is leather smoke and old books see i feel like that's what his office would smell like in addition to the dog you also have that dog smell in there well yeah because watson has a dog and it you never not have dog smell yeah, exactly. So that's the only s- little like hint of smell that they're missing in this candle. They just needed to like right. add dog into it, and it would have been true. But this is actually based on the books, because mm. so Highland Bluff Studio is a candle shop I just discovered, and it's fantastic. I have three candles from them. Four, no, four, three big ones and one small one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for like book lovers, so it's all based on books. So Sherlock Holmes being originally a book series. True. true. That's what this is based off of. And even though he does have a dog in the series, in the books, it's not as a prominent figure. Yeah. As it is in the movies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll let it slide. Let it slide. We'll let it slide. Um, So if anyone wants some really cool candles that smell fantastic... And look really cool too. Like this one has, I'll I'll share a picture of it on our on my Instagram feed later. But it uh 
it has like the door, the two two one B Baker mm-hmm. Street door on it, and it's a really cool design. Is this the one that you were telling me that like once you're done with it, it also like doubles yeah. the glass? Yeah. So they're uh, dishwasher safe. It's the candles are soy and they're all organic, and so once it's like once you I use the whole candle, I can like clean out the rest of the wax with soap and water. Mm. Then I can throw it in my dishwasher, and then it doubles as a drinking glass. Man, they're killing the candle game. All these people just killing the games left and right. Right. Coast Coffee Roasters, Highland Bluff Studios. Uh, so yeah, I want to, I want to talk to them about doing a James Bond line, mm. like 007. Mm-hmm. That would be you a should. good one. You should. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm working through the details <laughs> of how to, of what of scent cre- would that be? That's what I'm working on. Mm. Um, there would be like smoke. Right. Obviously. Would be one of them. Um, I was thinking of two of them. The classic just 007. Mm-hmm. And then maybe doing something like uh, like their mar- the martinis, the shaken, not stirred. Mm, you know, smart, two different smart. types. Yeah. But I don't drink, so I don't really know how to <laughs> scent a martini. Right. That's, that's an issue. Um, that would be an issue, yes. But I have plenty of friends who drink, so. I'm sure <laughs> they can help you out with it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. You drink alcohol. <laughs> what would this smell like? I don't think I've ever smelled like a not an alcoholic candle, but like a candle that's sm- yeah, a candle that smells like alcohol. Cause is that does that in, exist? It has to exist. I'm well, in my it. opinion, alcohol smells gross. So that's where it's tricky to do like a shaken, not stirred themed candle. I feel like it would smell very hoppy. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Highland Bluff Studios, Sherlock Holmes candle. They have so many awesome, nerdy, book-loving candles. They have one of Baby Yoda on it. Aww. It's called The Child. Yeah, that's on my wish list to get eventually. But they have so many cool ones. They have, like, every single one of them I've gotten so far. The smell, it's not overpowering, but it lingers. Mm. And they all smell great. Like super organic it's a it's a double wick so they it burns evenly it burns great we love to see that yeah um there's some yeah and it's not like overpowering like perfume is but it's strong enough that you can actually smell it yeah and the smell will linger and it Mm -hmm. smells good when it lingers so i recommend them the glasses look cool so i want to my goal is to have a collection of highland bluff drinkware some yeah shout out highland bluff highland bluff studios you guys rock um thanks for setting the mood yes that was also not a paid <laughs> no paid advertising that's just i genuinely love these candles now it's just you're awesome in general yeah great job on being awesome guys <laughs> so glad i randomly got an ad for them on instagram oh interesting that's all it was interesting that's how i just shout out to instagram for killing that game man so yeah, okay. So Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to it. Yes. Yeah, so this movie super significant. Like we said, just my favorite mm-hmm. favorite movie. Um, but it it did. It started the podcast. It did because you were homeschooled. I think we've established that thank you. before in other yes, episodes. Thank you. <laughs> and it's not a bad thing. I'm. I I know. I'm. 
adopted into the homeschooling community by a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, and so, is yeah, it's not a bad thing. But with that, to set that up, you haven't... Uh, un- before we met, you hadn't watched a lot of things. Yeah, my, so growing up, my family's very conservative. So what we did watch was like... <laughs> Your pop culture lack- knowledge was lacking. A little bit, yeah. I mean, like, I and watch stuff. I just, I didn't... Right. Like, I hadn't watched, like, Sherlock Holmes or, like, Marvel. MCU, anything like that. The um, Lion King. like The Lion King was one of them. All I don't even, I still, to this day, don't really know why we weren't allowed to watch The Lion King. I've watched all these movies since then, but even now, like, I still just don't watch a lot of TV. Right. But Only I'm, when you're with me. Because that's yeah. all I do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Every time I visit, we sit down and watch something but the last three times we have watched Sherlock Holmes we have I'm listen I'm a quality time person it's my second love language physical touch and then quality time Mm -hmm. so if we're just sitting and watching a movie like we're sitting we're but we're spending the time together right and so that's that's I love that yeah so we don't yeah so that's why I end up like watching a lot of tv and movies with people because it's like I'd rather just sit with you yeah than like have to go out and do something yeah well and it is what started all of this yeah too. so so with that you hadn't seen anything and i finally got you to watch iron man <laughs> after several years right because i was just like you know what like i haven't seen most of this stuff but i feel like y'all are big nerds i talk about like, it so much everyone who has watched it is yeah. just like insane and i don't want like it's gonna take me one it's gonna take me forever to get through all of this and two i'll become like you <laughs> ouch in the nerd way like you all just talk about it like i was like i don't know that i won't like have time for this to consume all of (laughs) everything uh you're not wrong i want to be like you believe me but not like i was like but not like that but but like not like that (laughs) yeah so so anyways in the most loving way so with this i'd finally gotten you to watch iron man and i think iron man too at that point are you it like, was a while until I watched Iron Man 2. I think I yeah. went into Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you had you started your Marvel journey is really what happened. And so then I was like, okay, you, I got you to watch that. Now you need, like, I was like, the only other movie I'm going to request is you have to watch Sherlock Holmes. Like, it's my favorite movie. And I would just go on and on about it. Right. And right. that one was one that I was like, nah, I don't really want to because I'm weird about stuff with, like, dark magic and stuff like that. I just like. But it's not. Which I would correct. tell you. But I was like, uh, I don't know. I've like watched like the introduction and everything. I'm like, I just like, mm, it's not worth it to me to sit down and watch this for two hours. But but it is. Here we so are. anyways, so finally, I don't know how it came up, but I said, we were, I was once again telling you why it was my favorite movie. And I said, I could quote almost the whole movie to you. And I, I remember From memory. where I was in my bedroom. I was laying on the floor staring up at the ceiling and my fan and I was like okay bet yeah so you called me on it and so I started and she didn't stop for like 15 like minutes went she knew line for line action for action everything yeah. that went down in that movie so what happened was I didn't I had meant the script I meant like I could quote every talking mm-hmm. line almost from memory you called me on it and then, and I, and in my head, I realized, oh, I can't just say the script, because then she won't understand what's going on. Right. So I have to set the stage. So then I started describing 
the whole movie. But it was it was as if I was yeah. reading an audiobook. And I, that's what I said. I was like, "Dang, girl, like you should start like an audiobook or podcast or something like that because like you're really good at explaining and describing all these details while also working in the script of the different characters." And I was like driving and then I got to my house and I walked upstairs and then I was just pacing my room like I wasn't just sitting somewhere and doing this. I was like actively doing other mm-hmm. things while telling you this movie. Oh, yeah. It went on for like a solid 15, 20 minutes. I was amazed because I was like, oh, yeah, bet. OK, let's see how like how much you love this movie. Turns out she really loves this movie. Yeah. And like last night we kind of watched it again. And I look up. I was like, hey, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? And she's like, oh, I don't even know. I was like, I 75. And she's like, oh, at least I can't count because I bought. So this came out in 2009. I did not see it in theaters. I discovered it after it was after it like had already had a mm-hmm. DVD release. Um, but it was still like like early high school, maybe, you know, eighth grade freshman in high school yeah. is when I discovered the two movies. Ex- well, specifically the first one. Then after I discovered that one, I learned that there was a sequel because I love Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. I had already read all the books like as a little kid I dressed up as Sherlock Holmes for Halloween one year. Like I love wow. I loved mysteries. So I love Sherlock Holmes. Cuz he's like the first detective. Like right. the first like guy to do yeah. it. And so uh to give you a scale the books were written in the late 1800s. James Bond was written in the early 1900s and in the f- the James Bond book that Ian Fleming wrote from Russia with Love they uh, reference Sherlock Holmes. Interesting. I did Those not James know that. Bond books are really old. Mm-hmm. And and that's like the the most James Bond is the spy. You know he is the mm-hmm. mo- one of the most iconic spies, mysteries, all that kind of stuff. Those books referenced Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Yeah. That's how original Sherlock Holmes is. The first detective first guy like all that and so um so yeah so I love Sherlock Holmes so I I got the DVDs and I would sit and I would just play them in my room I would watch the first movie over and over I would put it in the DVD player and just it would play on my TV Mm -hmm. over and over and over again uh I'd go like if I was home alone I'd bring it upstairs and I'd sit and I'd watch it and I would recreate and I would break down all the fight scenes. Right. And I would do, I, I have vivid memories of me practicing that very first drop into a front shoulder roll that Sherlock does <laughs> as he jumps off the balcony That's to amazing. the gate. I have so many vivid memories of me standing and just jumping and dropping into a front shoulder right. roll. Like breaking down the fight with the guard, breaking down the, uh, the punch bowl fight. Like mm-hmm. I would sit and I would do them over and over again. Like, I learned everything I could about these. And then when I moved, I got a, I bought them digitally. Right. And I moved five years ago. Like, and I just sit and watch them over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so. So I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie because I, it's too many to count. Right. So the, um, I think I know what you're going to say, but which one is better, the book or the movie? The Books, books. or the movies. Um, and then also, have you seen, like, the BBC version? Yes. So, let's get started. 
<laughs> so here no. we go. So the I yes, the BBC show is fantastic. It is the truly the best modern day adaptation of Sherlock Holmes ever and they're so authentic to the books in the sense of like the first episode is called a study in pink and the very first book conan doyle wrote was called a study in scarlet like they are so much detailed oriented Mm -hmm. about details from the books and details from the movie they use book quotes all this kind of stuff but they adapted it to modern day there are issues i have with it such as irene adler and i could go on a rant for so long because irene adler is like Sherlock Holmes is my favorite literary character, mm-hmm. but Irene Adler is my favorite Sherlock Holmes character. Like, she, as in the movies, everything. Everything. Cause obviously, Sherlock Holmes is, but, like, she's, like, the next, like, second. Mm-hmm. She's mentioned in one book, and it was actually a short story. The Scandal in, A Scandal in Bohemia, I believe it's the second story in Adventures, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. It's the, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes is the second book that Conan Doyle wrote, um, and I believe it is the second or the third. I don't know the exact number. I want to say the second, but I feel like I might be wrong. But it's called A Scandal in Bohemia. It's a short story. And it's the only story that she is mentioned in, but she is the only person to have truly bested Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Ever. And people will argue, what about Moriarty? Well, Moriarty died and Sherlock survived. So who bested who? Right. She is the only person to have bested the Sherlock Holmes. So much so that she's always referenced to as the woman. Yeah, he and ha- she totally is the woman. She is the woman. And it's so, like, her character, it's, and it's such a, she's mentioned in one story, but in almost any film adaptation you watch, TV or movie, they mm-hmm. have her in there. She's such a standout character that she was mentioned in one short story, and almost every film adaptation she's in it, like, that shows significance and importance oh, yeah. to that character. Oh, yeah. And what did the BBC show do? They make her a dominatrix. Why do those qualities that Conan Doyle wrote her as <laughs> translate modern day to being a dominatrix? And I'm sure that they have their reasonings. I haven't looked up those reasonings. But if you look at Rachel, Ra- like, so Rachel McAdams did her mm-hmm. in, played her in the two movies. And granted, right. yes, that is quote unquote a period piece because it is set in the is in 1890, but like the way that she does it, yes, she uses her sexuality to her advantage, but she's not going around using that as her profession. Right. Like she's so strong, intelligent, smart. Like, obviously, in- intelligent and smart are the same thing, but, like, smart-witted, she's so quick on her feet. She's not afraid to get down and dirty, but she's not afraid to dress up and use her female side to her advantage. Like, right. she... Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. She's she, a strong, independent, bad-butt woman. Yeah, and... So why? Why does that translate to sex? In the BBC show. Mm. I don't know. Like you said, they, I'm sure they have their reasons. Yeah. Like, why? But, like... But, yeah, I don't know. Right? And then I didn't... I'm not a fan of how they did Moriarty. I like the actor, and mm-hmm. I think he was fantastic at how they did it. But, again, if you compare, like, the movies to how they do it 
in the show. Right. I think the movies portrayed him better. But otherwise, aside from those two things, and there's one person that they killed that I was really upset that they killed in the show. Who is it? In the BBC show? Mm-hmm. Mary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was upset that they did that. Rude. Come on, guys. Who do you think you are? You think you own the show? Like, <laughs> um, yeah. The I story? thought. Yeah. So, but otherwise, all? as a whole, I do really like the show. I just have several, a couple issues like that. Um, Understandable. Yeah. So with that, but I, I love the movies because, yeah, the show is more well known, but the movie, especially the first one, came out first. And I and in my opinion, I truly think it's like one of the first film adaptations to accurately represent how Conan Doyle wrote the characters. Mm. You know, because um, Sherlock isn't afraid to get down and dirty, go in the streets, streets, go fight, box, right, yeah. you know, test crazy things on himself. Like, and if you watch like a lot of the old shows, he's very like uppity and turn your nose down at people and like Mm -hmm. i'm better than you because i'm smarter but in the books like he's not afraid to go out and throw a disguise on and go like rummage around in the streets to find answers right and then with watson like a lot of the shows that you watch he's very portly and almost kind of slow of like oh sherlock's just a a genius like i could never think of things like that Mm -hmm. like and he's like kind of overweight and just a slow but he was an he was a a military doctor that was just discharged yeah there's no way he'd be like slow and overweight he or dumb pretty like he'd be very intelligent right yeah he does have an injury in his leg so he does have a limp but even then that's not in the movie though is it that's why he has a cane and he has a limp i don't know how i didn't notice that yeah because it's not obvious but if you watch it's there hmm they never bring it up. It's just a part right, of the character. Yeah. They don't talk about it. Because you would, if you have read the books, you would know. Yeah. 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 Um, but aside from, but that's an injury. Mm-hmm. So aside from that, yeah, he's fit. He's intelligent. He can keep up with Holmes. How else is he, how else is the character? Because John, as a character, n- is the writer, is the author of all the books. Mm-hmm. They're written from John's point of view. How would he be able to keep up with Sherlock to write everything down if he wasn't intelligent himself? Yeah. And he was a field doctor. Like, you have to be intelligent. Right. And I don't know, like, how did they originally meet? Because they're so close. They're like, it cracks me up, like, listening to some of the dialogue because a lot of it reminds me of, like, siblings. Because, yeah. let me see, I screenshotted one of their conversations. Get that out of my face. It's not in your face. It's not in your face. It's in my hand. Get what's in your hand out of my face. The stuff like that. Or when it's like, you've never complained about my methods before. I'm not complaining. You're not. What are you right now? How am I complaining? I never complain. When do I complain about your practicing your violin at 3 in the morning? Or your mess? Or your general lack of hygiene? Or the fact that you steal my clothes? We have a barter system. Yeah, exactly. That stuff, I've literally had those conversations with my siblings. Yeah. And you just like, That know. was my waistcoat. I thought we agreed. It was too small for you. I'd like it back. I thought we agreed. I'd like it back. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like their relationship is like more brotherly and they know kind of what the other person is going to right. do. Like they can call those shots. So in the books, Watson is fresh out of the army mm-hmm. and he runs into an old college buddy of his. 
and is talking about how like he can't he doesn't want to leave london but he can't afford like rent on his own mm-hmm. in his college but he's like you're the second one to tell me that today and so he brings him back to the school he's working at yeah at like the university that he's now working at and he introduces him to sherlock because sherlock was there doing research right not affiliated with the school just using equipment because why not <laughs> and uh and that college guy entered that old buddy introduces them and then as they say the rest is history yeah okay another question for you do you think that robert downey jr or benedict cumberbatch is a better sherlock holmes Hmm. if we're going physically I'd say Benedict Cumberbatch because in the books, uh, Sherlock is noted to be very tall, very gangly, skinny, mm-hmm. erratic, all that kind of stuff. And Benedict is very tall, gangly, right. skinny. Yeah. So physically he fits it better. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I really can't tell because they both play him so well right. and so perfect for how their shows wrote them. For me, it's so hard to get robert downey jr out of my head because i watched iron man first to get him out of my head as iron man see what's so funny is and i think it's because i'm just such a fan of sherlock as a character Mm -hmm. is like even watching it last night i was like obviously i know who i know it's robert downey jr and i've seen so many shows that he's in but it's like i watch it and i'm like i cannot take who i'm seeing on screen right now and place him in any other film it's almost like, Interesting. like, for me, it's the opposite. It's like I can only see him right now mm-hmm. as Sherlock Holmes. Whereas in anything else, even Iron Man that he plays, I can imagine him as other characters. Interesting. I mean, he's a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant actor. It's just compared to what he did. I mean, there's some similarities in Iron Man that he, like, his acting is a, there's a, a few similarities in the character. Yeah. But still, because he's like this brainiac He's an man. eccentric genius. But... It just feels so much cheesier to me in the Sherlock Holmes. I love the movie and yeah. I love his act, like character, but it's hard for me to like get that out of my mind because compared to Iron Man, it is like a little bit cheesier. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And I feel like that probably is for most people. But again, I think, and I don't know why, but I truly think because I'm just such a fan of the character and right. I love this movie so much that it's almost like tunnel vision and yeah. I can't place, I can't put Jude Law anywhere else. I can't put Rachel McAdams. Like, I can't put any of the cast. I can't see them in any of their other oh, yeah. roles same while I'm me. watching. With all movie. the other characters, it's the same exact. Like, I couldn't see them in any other role. I think they casted them perfect. And I do think Robert Downey Jr. was a perfect yeah. uh, actor for that. Because they went, because with the movies, they went a little more on the older route. Because mm-hmm. that is the big difference between Robert and Benedict is when Benedict, especially when Sherlock started, he looked a lot younger. And he plays almost younger. And mm-hmm. so does Martin Freeman. They both. They're not like. Su- they're not like our age. But they are younger. Whereas. Robert and Jude. Do look older. And they do mm-hmm. play to them. Being slightly older. And that's why they're so. Like that's why they're automatically so close. As Holmes and Watson. Like as the characters Holmes and Watson. Are, are, are automatically like. They have that history already that we don't see because mm-hmm. it is like further into their right. uh relationship as siblings and roommates and stuff yeah along the same lines of actors i had seen online that with movie three coming out 
hopefully hopefully because because listen i've been waiting <laughs> for sherlock holmes 3 since 2014 i know and you've know. <laughs> heard so many rants of mine right about changing directors warner brothers didn't even look like contact guy Ritchie when they redid it they've changed the release date how many times i like uh, i don't and and warner brothers been making awful decisions lately <laughs> And I'm so nervous. They're not killing the game. Like everybody else, like Coast Coffee and Highland Bluff Candles. Yeah. So I'm worried. (laughs) Well, I did see news, though, that um, Robert Downey Jr. was trying to get Johnny Depp to play a role in the movie. What are your thoughts on that? And what role do you think he'll cast him for? I think he wanted him for a villain. So I have no idea where they're going with this film. Because if you go by the books, at this point... Holmes is retired and they bring him back for like one last hurrah. That's kind of what happens in the books. And it would track because it's been almost a decade. Yeah. 2011 this year, it'll be 10 years since the movie came out since, since a game of shadows came out. It's been 10 years since the sequel, which is crazy. These characters have aged. They're going to be so aged in this movie. But that was the thing in the book. Right. Was he quote unquote died. Mm-hmm. He, but he like hid himself away from the public eye and just retired. And he became a beekeeper. Yeah. Out in the countryside. And so now like, so the last book is all about old Sherlock Holmes, like retired Sherlock Holmes being brought back for like one last thing. What's that new movie that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was just in about? Doolittle? Yeah. It goes from like, that's what it reminded me of. He yeah. goes from Sherlock Holmes to like Dude, so little. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so adorable. It's adorable. I watched it with Brody and he loves it. Yeah. And just the talking animals. But the further, as the movie progresses, he becomes more and more of Sherlock Holmes. Which is also and why it, it reminded me. He's just like funniest thing in the world to me. He plays this eccentric brainiac yeah. character so well. Yeah. Yeah. Eccentric genius is. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how. And no matter how cheesy it, it may get. He still plays the character really well. Oh, yeah. It cracks me up. Yeah. It's such a great kids movie. And I know like critics like just rave on it yeah. in the worst way possible. But it's like. People need to remember it's a children's movie. Right. It's not an action movie for adults. But. Because I watched it with a child. Right. And he loved it. Yeah. And thought it was the best thing ever. Right. It could definitely flow from Sherlock Holmes though. After he retires, they should just rename it. Except this takes place about. Let's see. The books were in the books. It took place in 1820s. So he'd probably be dead by the time Doolittle came around. Yeah. So Doolittle. So in the book, in the Doolittle books, because I'm weird and I've actually read all the original Doolittle books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually pretty good. They take place in roughly like the 1820s, I believe. 1850s, which is a pretty big gap, but it's still. And then Sherlock Holmes takes place in the 1890s and early 1900s. So unless he figures out time travel. Which, 
It's Robert Downey Jr. He's Iron he Man. did he figure Sherlock out time Holmes. travel. He's Dr. Doolittle. He did. He did figure out time travel. Boom. Yeah. So who knows? That's my conspiracy theory. Uh, thank you, folks, for coming. <laughs> it's the Downey Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, there's another question <laughs> for you. Uh, and I was trying to get your thoughts about this earlier. So this was another news article that I was reading, but with Iron Man behind him, Robert Downey Jr. plans MCU-like universe for Sherlock Holmes. Thoughts? So I've seen that article, but I haven't read it yet. And for me, it'll depend on what happens with with Sherlock Holmes 3. Just because, again, Guy Ritchie's not on the project. And Guy Ritchie, as much as I love the cast, and I love Downey and Jude Law and all that, like... Guy Ritchie, in my opinion, really made those movies what they are. As a director, he was very much, this is how I want it to look. This is the fighting style. We're doing full contact. We're doing this and this and this. And not having him on the project makes me really nervous Yeah, of how different it's going to be. Right. Well, I'm trying to just think of all the ways so, that they would branch off of it to in order to create like another mcu franchise kind of thing well i don't think it would be as big because there's not as many characters to run Mm. through but i could see it i could do i could see them doing spinoffs and stuff and following irene adler and her escapades john and mary yeah even more of the government side of um mycroft like i could see it just some more character development yeah yeah so i could see it um but in It'll all depend on what happens in this third one. Yeah. Really. To kind of go from there between the books and the movie. Um, so, yeah. So, going back, the long story short of why this is so significant. And so, I quoted it to you. I watch it all the time. <laughs> and so, you saying, like, I should do an audiobook kind of sparked this idea of me retelling movies from like my opinion right and then i realized that movies are really long when you're trying to type them out so i scrapped that (laughs) idea pretty quickly yeah they are pretty quickly when i'm trying to like describe everything Mm -hmm. like a movie's really long yeah so i scrapped that idea and then uh but it kept coming up of like i would point out little facts about it and one of my favorite lines one of my favorite movie quotes of anything is from this movie and it's it's by far the littlest things are the most important. Mm. Um, and that was always something like I, I pick up the most random details in movies yeah. when I watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and and people would start pointing that out to me. They'd be like, oh, what? How did she get from there to there? I was like, oh, it's when this and this and this happened. And they're like, right. I didn't even notice. that. I'm like, well, it's in the background. But it's like it's just like these little details, which is funny because you don't like people asking questions during the movie, but you're the one that has all of the answers. I I don't like I don't like people asking questions if we haven't seen it before. Right. So that's become once we, I used once to, it's been seen. Yeah. Talk away. I used to ask questions all of the time through the entire movie, and there'd be a few times you're like, I don't know, just let me watch. So now I feel well, like I don't ask the any questions until after I start my notes. Yeah. And I build up all my questions and then later on we discuss it well we would go to the movie theater mm-hmm. to watch a new movie that neither of us have seen and you would ask me all these questions i'm like i'm watching <laughs> it like you are i know but a lot of the movies that we watch would be like mcu yeah. where you would know the backstory too I where know. i'm like who is this guy where did he come from plus whenever we'd watch movies i'd be on trips so it'd yeah. be like 
uh, we only have so much time right. to like get through all of this stuff. As to where now I live here, so yes, in my garage. In your garage, this it's is my true. favorite thing to say. It throws people <laughs> off so much. That sounds like they have a puppy, a lost puppy or something. I rent a room in the garage, guys. <laughs> it's quite livable. It's actually pretty nice. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all of that turned into, and I would just, and I kept would talk with my friends about movies. And all these little details that I would that I would learn because I loved learning everything about Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and how they made that movie. And I would talk about all those facts all the time. And it translated into, especially with the Marvel movies, I started doing the same thing. And finally, people were like, you should start like a blog or a podcast. And then Movies and Mochas was born. Baboom! Because Drew loves movies and Drew loves coffee. I do. I love both of those. And so here we are now, a year later, Nashville talking about Tennessee. what started it all. What started it all, baby. Yeah. Uh, so an hour later, let's get into the movie. <laughs> uh, so this movie came out uh, Christmas 2009. Guy Ritchie directed it. And Robert Downey Jr., Jude Law, Rachel McAdams, and Mark Strong all starred in it, as well as other people. But those are the main mm-hmm. main guys. Um, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, right from the beginning. You know, it starts the carriage, the camera chasing the carriage, mm-hmm. Robert's, Sherlock's running away, you know, and he does that front shoulder roll in first takedown of the guard you see like oh this guy's serious like right you know and it, then there's just like this cultish ceremony going on and uh watson saves him from a guard holds him unconscious they talk about leaving if they left the stove on so domestic <laughs> <laughs> and it just it sets the tone yeah that first 10 minutes sets the tone of the whole movie and it's just fantastic um yeah i don't know i could i could say so many things i have a whole thing about just irene adler and why she's fantastic um let's see so that guard at the beginning that they put in a headlock did Mm -hmm. pass out interesting because guy Ritchie was like it needs to be realistic so (gasps) it's full contact a lot of the stuff that they did was full contact. And listen, it wasn't like a one shot, one take, and he's unconscious. Right. They kept doing it so many times because he's like, it's not realistic enough. Mm-hmm. Like, redo it. Retake it. And it wasn't an intentional knocking him unconscious. It was, yeah. he had done it so many times that he like, and it was for very briefly, just kind of a mm-hmm. lack of oxygen for a couple seconds. Yeah. And he, but that's why like his face is so red in the movie is because it actually was. That's so crazy. Yeah. All the fight stuff was full contact. Wow. Um, at one point, Robert Downey Jr. got knocked out. Even in the boxing ring, that was all full contact? Yeah, that was full contact. They took a... Uh, I have to find it. I have a lot of notes. Um, so, I believe, I believe he was the director of photography. Felipe Rosalette? Rosalette? I don't know. Uh 
specifically for the punch bowl scene they used a special high speed camera okay and it shot at one second real time and was able to slow it down to seven seconds oh my goodness um to a seven second shot without any post-production right so the camera itself was like basically a slow-mo camera Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's full contact you see him punching the that face and and it's just it's full contact the whole time uh no wires so like at the end when he does that kick to the chest there's just a there's a pad on the outside of that gate and robert just just straight up kicks him oh my goodness onto it yeah everything's full contact and it's fantastic it's so cool because it looks so authentic right that's insane i wouldn't have thought that at all is because so sherlock is a master of baritsu and single stick fighting um he was a boxer again he's not afraid to get down and dirty Mm -hmm. with it he's a martial arts master all that kind of stuff um and robert downey jr does win chung kung fu and guy Ritchie does uh jujitsu what a combination and baritsu is a form of jujitsu right so it's uh so they so both of them and having the fight coordinators and the stunt coordinators all are like master martial artists Mm -hmm. that's like it needs to be as realistic as possible and because sherlock was a master and so we need to pull Mm -hmm. that in and yeah i think it just turns out fantastic um and that's always one of your favorite scenes because every single time we watch it you're like oh my goodness this is my favorite scene and you like get up on the couch and like get all excited i sit up straight exactly i don't get up on the couch i'm sitting on the couch and i just yeah i just sound like you like stand up on the couch like oh my goodness fight fight like brody (laughs) i just pay more attention i yeah i just sit and i pay more attention i do i perk up um but what's what i noticed with that is there's actually an inconsistency with the punch bowl scene is so when he's going through it in his mind and it's the slow-mo version Mm -hmm. that's one fight sequence and then when they then when it's like the real time Mm -hmm. it's actually a different sequence of moves there's Mm -hmm. a couple moves that are different interesting so they filmed it two different ways and left both of them Hmm. yeah caught that little thing look at you uh because it's two different types of punches right before he gets kicked right before the boxer gets kicked I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, but it's two different. Okay. There's two different punch sequences that happen. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, this is the first Guy Ritchie film in the U.S. that was not rated R. Hmm. He likes to keep them rated R. I did see that in the third one. They're trying to get it to be rated R. I have a love-hate relationship with R-rated movies. I know you do. I think it just depends on what it's rated R for. Yeah. And even then, most of the time, I'm still not a fan. Oh, well. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Um, Again, I'm... I'm so hesitant about this movie. Yeah. Do you think it'll actually come out in December? 2021? I hope so. I don't know. Has he been secretly filming this whole time? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. I haven't stalked him. I don't stalk him, but his post <laughs> will randomly show up on my Instagram, and he's always at his farm. 
Maybe they're filming at his farm. I don't know. Maybe he retired to his farm, but now he's coming out of retirement. Like, it's a whole different plot twist for Sherlock Holmes. You're just, you're too locked into what was in the book. It's going to be out of the box. An out of the box R rated experience. <laughs> you just <laughs> nodding your head, shaking it now. Okay. 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 We'll okay. see. I don't have a lot of faith in Warner Brothers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Anytime the Raven is on screen, he's foreshadowing death. Right. Knew that. Picked yep. up on that. Yep. You did give an interesting fact about the bridge. I did. It, I mean, While it we is, were but watching it's, the movie last night. Yeah. It is, but it's not like because it's just based on the period. Um. During the first one, the the tower bridge is being built and i told you that that's the same bridge that that final fight scene in spider-man far from home takes place on right but it's just because the it's just it's the tower bridge and it's that's the song the london bridge is falling down that's the bridge they're talking about Mm. it's like a it's like big ben it's a staple of london so it is a fun fact the bridge is falling down falling down that one yeah that's the Tower Bridge. So, it is a fun fact, but, like, I just thought you would like that association. That yeah. it's the same bridge. <laughs> it's the little things for me. It is. It's the littlest things that are by far the most important. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 5'3", <three>, everybody. <laughs> hey. Um, let's see. What else in all of my notes do I have? So, yeah. So, talking about their ages... You know, when we were talking about how Benedict is a little younger and Robert plays it as an older character, mm-hmm. they originally, Guy Ritchie was originally looking to do a younger Sherlock Holmes. And he wasn't considering Robert Downey Jr. because he was like, he was quote unquote too old. And then Iron Man hit box office and he's like, never mind. <laughs> I take it back. Let's write a contract for this guy. Yeah. But he is so like great for the role. Yeah. Because he just plays the eccentric brainiac so yeah. well. Yeah. And I I would listen to old interviews that like Susan, his wife would do because mm-hmm. she was a produce she was one of the producers for the Sherlock Holmes movies and I think for Iron and the Iron Man's. Um but someone had asked her cuz cuz for it was Iron Man Sherlock Holmes, Iron Man 2 Sherlock Holmes too. Like it was back to back to back for a while. And I think someone asked her one time like how Robert is at home during doing all those movies. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she said she hated when he was in Tony Stark mode because he thought he knew, like, he thought he was Tony Stark. <laughs> and when he and when he was in a Sherlock Holmes mood, he thought he knew everything. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. They have to, though, as an actor, get you have to into, get into character it. and, like, live that out. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, His poor wife. <laughs> I mean, this is not the man I married. (laughs) It's not like I married an actor or anything. Multiple personality disorders. I mean, they met because she was a producer on one of his films. Like, she knew what she was getting herself into. Yeah. Um, They originally didn't have Jared Harrod cast to play Moriarty at this point while filming this first one. So they just hired a voice actor to play Moriarty, which is why you never see his face. 
And so if you watched it in theaters, it was just this random voice actor doing all of Jim Moriarty's lines. Right. Then once they cast it, once they filmed Sherlock Holmes 2, they went back and had Jared read the lines and changed it and, and put his voice in for uh, Moriarty. So, that's and that's what, like, if you go and buy a DVD now, you're only going to hear Jared Harris. I was just thinking, my siblings and I play this game, Moriarty, Are You There?, do you have you played that game? No. It's like where you sit across from each other and you cross so you both hold your right hands together. Okay. And then in the other hand you have a rolled newspaper. But you're like sitting down so you're like right next to each other. And when you take turns, you close your eyes and you both take turns. I would go, Moriarty, are you there? And you say yes or no or whatever. And then I try and hit your head, but both of our eyes are closed. So you're trying to like dodge the newspaper and you can't see. So you're just going off of what you can hear. And I'm also can't see, but I'm just going off of like your yes. Like it's like a Marco Polo, but beating each other. And you ask Moriarty, are you there? That's fantastic. We yeah. should play it when we go home. Yeah, <laughs> we can. <laughs> Considering my Krav Maga training last night, one of the exercises is we're standing there with our eyes closed. As people go to attack us and we have to retaliate. Yeah, I don't know that I want to play with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, You've been trained for this game. Been training for this game my I whole mean, life. But although I've played it enough and been hit over the head enough times that I think I'm pretty good at it myself. So we'll play it when we go home. Okay. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, so when Blackwood's in the jail cell... And he's reading from the Bible when Sherlock goes to talk to him. Mm -hmm. He is reading Revelation 13.4. Creepy. Just a fun fact. It's like the serpent or something. Right. Um, when at the beginning, so, you know, you do that intro, they stop Lord Blackwood. The newspaper show happens. And then... You know, we, we, it's our first shot of 221B Baker Street. John's in his office with a patient doing a checkup. And then you hear gunshots, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, and Watson goes in to investigate and Holmes is practicing trying to make a silencer mm -hmm. for a gun because those don't exist yet. And uh, he shoots and you see he shot the word, the letters VR into the wall with each shot. And then he put on his headset. <laughs> Just kidding. What? VR headset. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's a uh, uh, a callback to Victoria Regina, which is the monogram for Ve for Queen Victoria at the time, which was oh. in the 1890s and 1891. Fun fact. Had nothing to do with a headset. No, <laughs> not at all. Um. And also, so Rachel McAdams playing Irene Adler, she, for a lot of the time, she was in a, in one of those really old dresses, and so mm -hmm. she had to wear a corset, um. Yeah, it's a corset. Corset, thank you. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was corsage or corset. The corsage is like what. Yeah. Uh, on weddings, the little they wear the flowers on their wrists. And like at prom and their homecoming chests, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so she had to wear a corset to fit into the dress, but it was like super tight. And this is why I like Rachel McAdams, is she would push out her stomach during like 
uh when she'd go to like hair and makeup and like mm-hmm. wardrobe in the mornings she would push out her stomach as far as possible or she would eat like a really big breakfast of like oatmeal or something that would like expand mm-hmm. in her stomach so then they would like put the corset to that length and so then when like she like breathe back <laughs> in and like relax her stomach she'd have breathing room so not only is her character a smart independent bad butt woman but her herself she is as well <laughs> until um eventually the wardrobe people caught on and were like stop doing that rude <laughs> what do they think they are <laughs> right it's like they get paid to make sure you look right <sighs> annoying um yeah so speaking of irene adler here's my whole list of everything that i love about her as a character let's hear it i put she's smart tenacious strong brave headstrong stubborn and sneaky Great Holmes combo. only calls her Irene when it's extremely serious. Otherwise, he only calls her the woman. Hmm. Uh, in this universe, they met once, and this is them meeting again. She's an American opera singer from New Jersey who doubles as a secret secret agent in this film universe. That's what the producers mm-hmm. decided to think up of the idea of. Uh, her and Holmes are both infatuated with each other, and it interferes with both of them wanting to solve their cases because they are also adversaries. Uh, she plays a balance between period elegance and fearless, reckless nature. Wow. Just cool. Yeah. Uh, Rachel McAdams called her a renegade. Uh, does, there's no one that knows better how to play in like a man's world. Mm. Um, she's almost like a snake. Is she going to kiss you or kill you? Yeah. And, the suit outfit she wears at the end according to rachel mcadams could theoretically because she has no idea where it Mm. all fits but theoretically can fit a knife two guns and a pair of handcuffs in two little pockets impressive yeah um so i really like irene adler she's a fantastic character that is why they should bring pockets back on jeans real pockets so that they can hold that stuff so that we can all be bad butt women i mean we are bad butt women but still imagine how much more bad butt we would be (laughs) with pockets guys yeah (laughs) that's why they took them away it really is so it actually (laughs) so it, it was to stop women from being able to hide belongings in their pants like men can keep money keys all that and it's right there on them women if you th- when you, when they took their pockets away had to carry a pocketbook a purse some a bag something to carry all their belongings mm-hmm. in. so you, so they couldn't hide hide it fun fact for you <laughs> is that why they're doing it again i don't know do your jeans have pockets my jeans this pair does all my other jeans do not have pockets if i buy them at walmart they have pockets if i buy them at other stores they don't i think they're just catching on women are getting too powerful again we have to take away their pockets they can't hold all of their stuff yeah i don't know (laughs) but we've also developed the keen skill of holding 20 things in our hands this is also true uh the women will survive it's survival of the fittest and men can't multitask the way that (laughs) (laughs) women do oh heck no we will survive we will prevail. We will survive. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, after the Punchbowl fight scene, uh, you see when it goes back to Ju- to Holmes and Watson, 
Holmes, Watson is, you know, going up the steps of the bar where he was fighting, where Holmes was fighting the night before and finds him, finds Holmes working on like with flies. Mm-hmm. I thought the setup was very interesting. Uh, the way he caught the flies, the container, it's an upside down stool with a plate on it, with a glass tube, with a magnifying glass set on top with flies inside the glass tube. Hmm. It's so like just randomly put together. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the punch bowl is one of my favorite scenes, and then my other favorite scene is when Holmes is sleeping, and he wakes up to Irene being in his room, because <laughs> he's so thrown off, and it's so fantastic. It's really the first time we get to see her, because uh, you kind of catch her in the punch bowl fight scene. She's the one who left the handkerchief with the mm-hmm. um, A on it, and that's why he like stops and is like, hey, you win. And you see her, like, place a bet and, like, wink at him and all that. And then they fight. And then she's gone. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You don't really know who that is. And then you s- and then you hear her talk. And she's just, like, so smoothly confident. It's like, I want to be like that when I grow yeah. up, you know. And it's one of the only times that you really get to see Sherlock flustered. Yeah. she's He's only flustered around her. Um, He's, like, running around. He's fixing his hair. He's checking his safe. Hiding pictures. Hides the picture of her. Um, which she then goes and puts right back up as if she doesn't know. Uh, and all this kind of stuff. She reaches in to pull an envelope out. And he, like, stops her and puts, like, a hand up. And is like, I'm, like, I don't want to hit you, but I don't trust you. It's fantastic. They're back and forth. Like, you Keeping can. Keeping each other on their toes. You can feel the history and the tension. And it's so great. Yeah. And I love it. Um. She's cracking nuts with her bare hand. That's what wakes him up. That in and of itself is impressive. That's what wakes him up is she's cracking nuts, but it's with her bare hands. Yeah. If that doesn't show you how awesome of a person this character is, I don't know what would. Because holy crap. Yeah. She's. That's like squeezing a tennis ball. You just can't do it. Um, classic get that out of my face it's not in your face it's in my hands <laughs> get what's in your hands out of my face yeah I love it it's the best quote um, when they're fighting they're checking Reardon I'm just gonna go on and say everything I love about this movie okay. like you can pipe up whenever you want but I know that you don't care <laughs> as much as I do oh I I th- I know the movie does not mean as much to me as it is to you. Yes. So I'm just, yeah. You're this, I want you guys to enjoy everything that I've listened to for the last few years. <laughs> last this is years. the, this is the big episode. This is how it started. So I feel like you should be the one explaining all of this in detail. I'm, I usually listen. So I'm, I'm used to sitting back and listening to this side of it. I know. I just feel like I'm just talking everyone's ear off, oh, but, good. uh, <laughs> I love that when the really when the big grunt guy when they're fighting and all mm-hmm. that and then Holmes has the taser and then he takes off after him and they're fighting in the shipyard mm-hmm. just that moment where they both have a hammer and it's like really tiny against really big okay. and then it turns into Donkey Kong because the guy takes the barrels and starts right. throwing them it's yeah. great that's one of my favorite scenes yes um and then they're in jail which is like the one that you quoted Right. When John is going off on Holmes 
and it's just I can't great. tell you how many times my sister like used that oh how many times have I had to stay up till one in the morning will you practice the drums or you played the ukulele or you were on the phone with so-and-so total sibling rivalry conversation right there oh yeah well and how many times have I like sent you that picture of the two of them like this is us mm-hmm. and yeah. I always feel like you're a little more like Watson and I'm a little more like Holmes yeah but sometimes it's almost flipped where it's like you're a little more like Holmes and I'm a little yeah. more like Watson. It just depends on the day. It depends on the scenario, yeah. That too. Um, yeah, so let's see. So there's that. They're in the jail. And then he gets... Watson leaves him because Mary posts Watson's bail but not Holmes, which is such a power move on her. Because in this movie, they're, they're dating. Watson hasn't proposed yet. But it's like they've talked about it and it's like, okay, we've agreed. We j- you just haven't actually done it. Mm-hmm. And Holmes like hates it because he doesn't want Watson to leave. And so he's like, he's being a child mm-hmm. and is like just being awful to Mary because he's socially inept and doesn't understand how to process emotions. And uh, it's such, so it's such a power move for her to post only Watson's bail and have make Watson choose and Watson leaves knowing that Watson would leave with her. Right. And leave uh, Holmes in jail. Yeah. Like, it's Which, fantastic. Another strong, independent woman. Right? And you really see it in the second one with her. Yeah. It's great. But, um, uh, yeah. Then they get, he gets his bail posted by, like, the weird rich people mm-hmm. uh, in Parliament. They talk with them. He leaves after basically being like, dude, you're going to die. How long do you expect to live? Yeah. Um, shoot, what happened after that? Oh, yeah. They go back. He goes back. He goes to the hotel to meet Irene. And for anyone listening, Brittany's just watching me go through this whole movie in my mind right now. <laughs> but the hand gestures and all of that's still there. Yes, it is. I can't tell you how many times we've done this. So I usually just sit back, and listen, and take it all in. It's like <laughs> I've, I've only... S- physically seen the movie with my own eyes three times but i've heard the movie so many so many uh yeah so holmes tries to pick the lock to irene's room and it's so great she just opens it mm-hmm. and he's just like oh crap and she's like here open this instead and it's a bottle of wine which she drugged to pass him to make him pass out for i don't know why um but it brings us to like the funniest scene <laughs> Um, one of the maids walks in the next day and finds him handcuffed with a pillow over his lap because he's completely naked um and says the keys to my release oh what does he say do not be alarmed but the keys to my release lay are beneath beneath this pillow pillow. and then she huffs off yeah it's fantastic yeah (laughs) although there's an alternate scene of that one where instead of being marked being knocked unconscious by the drug and the wine they fight Mm. and he is conscious as she puts the handcuffs on him because she overpowered him and like got him onto the bed you know using her women powers and then they start they like fight on the bed and she gets him handcuffed Mm. um and leaves him naked and handcuffed to the bed the outcome is the same i almost wish we saw that version instead 
just because I feel like it's funner, more fun. It's more fun, yeah. Funnier and more enjoyable to watch. Um, yeah. And then they're solving mysteries. Um, fast forwarding a bit, they end up going, Watson and Holmes go to the docks to investigate all these dead pigs. They find out Irene's there. They save her because she's about to get sawed in half by this cutter. It's probably one of the most intense scenes. It is. It gets pretty intense. Um, she's hanging and handcuffed and her mouth is, uh, gagged. Thank you. (laughs) My brain is not. I'm here for it. It's going too fast. (laughs) (laughs) And there's too many things that are trying to be said. Um, She's handcuffed, gagged, hanging from this, like, thing that goes through, like, a giant cutter to cut pigs in half. Um, And so Holmes and Watson are trying to get her out. And then they do at the very last second. Like, the blade is at her nose. Yeah. Um, And then they run off to go after Blackwood. And Watson triggers an explosion, which is a beautiful scene it's like Mm slow-mo there's violin playing it really sets the tone uh and holmes you know what this explosion scene needs violin oh yeah bro that's it (laughs) (laughs) add it let's try it let's try it oh dude that's exactly what it needed i guarantee you that's how that conversation went down I guarantee you that's not how it went down. Uh, we'll never know, will we? <laughs> but, um, yeah, Holmes gets knocked unconscious and he wakes up to one of the police officers who's always been, like, kind of a friend to him. And what I love is instantly, like, the second that Holmes really becomes aware, like, the officer's telling him that he needs to run because there's a warrant out for his arrest. And the only thing Holmes cares about is checking on Watson. Like, because it's not said, but he's, like, trying to look around. And the officer's like, Watson's okay. You need to run. Like, and they both know, like, right away what he's trying to do. Like, oh, they really care for each other. Well, it's like your siblings again. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. You hate them, but you do anything for them. Actually, I love all my siblings, but. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. And then, so you see. And then jumping forward a little bit, he's sitting up again in that attic room above the bar. And uh, he's going crazy. Like, you hear everything that's going on in his head. He's drinking, pouring wax. He's setting up to do this ritual that this group is claiming is how Blackwood gets his magic. And part of me wonders, is he, like, at the beginning of an overdose? Because when Watson was up there last time you know, that little glass bottle, mm-hmm. he he said, like, you know, this is meant for eye surgery. And in the time, that was, like, it was... I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I thought I read somewhere that th- what the drug was was basically, like, liquid cocaine. Okay. I don't know if I'm right, I might, but it's, like, some type of drug. And, uh, and it looked like the sa- he was drinking from the same bottle. Mm-hmm. In this scene where he's like sitting there trying to do this ritual. Right. You see all the flashes of memories and everything's going on instead. He's cutting his but the way like his eyes go really wide, he's like kind of shaking yeah. and just really out of it. And I'm wondering if he's on <laughs> in the middle of an of overdosing from this liquid. Yeah, possibly. Because Sherlock Holmes is a drug addict. In the books, mm-hmm. in the movies, in the BBC show, he's a drug addict. Yeah. 
Um, and I wonder if overdosing is part of what's giving him the revelations and experience that mm-hmm. he's having. Because um, then he comes to with Irene and Watson there, and Irene's trying to, like, wake him up. Um, and then Watson and Holmes have this really awkward... I'm glad you're alive conversation because neither yeah. of them know how to show real emotions. <laughs> Same. No, just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Holmes intentionally gets arrested. Uh, smokes out Coward's office. Jumps out a window into the river. With his pipe still up in the air, which cracks me up because he swims works so hard to keep his pipe up in the air once he hits the water and then as soon as he like does a couple laps he like pulls it down underwater i was like bro you work so hard to keep that thing dry well so he had it in his mouth when he dived in right and then he took it out and i think it was to kind of like show like hey here i am could have been yeah i think that's more of what it was Mm. of like i'm right here um yeah i think that's what it was that's what i always thought in my head Gotcha. Not so much to keep it dry because he had well, to Well, it's like in. he, like, pulled it out, though, and was, like, keeping it up the entire time. So I was like, oh, he must be trying to keep it dry. That's prob- You're probably right, though. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Because there'd be no way for him diving in to get it up. I know, water. which I was like, you're working so hard to keep it up, but that, that would make more sense. Um, yeah. And then they go underground while Blackwood is at Parliament, and they find, the, like, the device that's going to, like, chemically kill everyone. Um, they fight a bunch of people. Irene makes off with the gas while Holmes and Watson are indisposed with fighting. And Holmes chases after him. Blackwood sees them and follows Holmes. Um, and then they end up on the unfinished tower bridge. And right before Irene and Holmes kind of do their face off, Blackwood Mm -hmm. jumps down, shoves Irene off. Holmes thinks she's fallen to her depths but finds out she's just knocked unconscious down right below holmes and watson have this big face off holmes beats him tells blackwood how he solved everything debunks all the black magic showing that it's all science and not actual magic Mm -hmm. which is why it's an okay film because it's (laughs) fake it shows it's fake um okay (laughs) and then yeah spoilers blackwood dies for real this time wait i didn't know that do you just ruin the entire movie for me (laughs) (laughs) i didn't make it that far the last three times we watched it (laughs) great and then now i'm never gonna finish it (laughs) and then irene and watts and irene and holmes have this kind of awkward talk where Irene kind of admits her feelings, but not directly says it out loud. And Holmes leaves her handcuffed in retaliation <laughs> for leaving him handcuffed. Sucks to suck. <laughs> she has the great line, I've never woken up in handcuffs before. And his response is, I have. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> she had that coming. Yes. Um, and then Watson and Mary are getting ready to move out. And they find Holmes hanging by his neck. Watson is not amused. It's not in his repertoire. He's far too fond of himself. And then cuts him down. That's about it. All done. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So 
Hans Zimmer composed it. I have the theme piece tattooed on my arm. This is true. This is it's such a big film for you for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, I also love there are so many book quotes. And I'll just randomly call them out when we watch it, yeah. you know, of um The Game is Afoot, which is from the Abbey Grange short story, which is also the original source of it is from a William Shakespeare's Henry V play. Mm. That's what it originated from. Conan wrote it. Conan Doyle wrote it from the play. Mm-hmm. And it turned into one of the most iconic sh- Holmes lines when it's actually a Shakespeare line. Interesting. Um, because I was looking for it is from Silver Blaze. Mm. Right at the beginning when Watson's about to approach Blackwood and Blackwood turns and Holmes stops him and you see this piece of glass that stops like a centimeter from Watson's nose. Yeah. And he's like, how did you see that? And Holmes' response is because I was looking for it. A favorite of mine. You have the grand gift of silence, Watson. It makes you quite invaluable as a companion. <laughs> the man with the twisted yeah. lip is from that story. Crime is common. Logic is rare is from The Adventure of the Copper Beaches. My mind rebels at stagnation, giving me problems, give me work, is from The Sign of Four, which is the second novel hmm. to have come out. Um, yeah, that's another one that I really enjoy. Uh, it makes a considerable difference to me having someone with me on whom I can thoroughly rely on, is from The Boscombe Valley Mystery. It's when Holmes is trying to break into the watch store and watson just breaks the door down yeah and walks in Mm. um data 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 i cannot make bricks without clay is also from the adventure of the copper beaches one begins to twist facts to suit theories instead of theories to suit suit facts (laughs) is from my favorite short story it's like a dr seuss book (laughs) a scandal in bohemia (laughs) i know um there is nothing more stimulating than a case where everything goes against you is from the hounds of baskerville Mm. which is like almost a horror novel it's pretty it's pretty dark Mm. it's a great book um and yeah i don't have much else the apartment is fantastic (laughs) i was watching i know i don't have much else and so i should start talking again um i was watching like the set designers were going on about you know creating right the space for the for sherlock holmes and what 221b baker street would look like and they took they created so many props for so many different things Mm -hmm. and and references to so many of the different books and all this kind of stuff and different things that they mention in the movies that if you really look closely you can see them Mm -hmm. and it's because they always had everything out because apparently robert downey jr is very well known for just walking around and picking up props to work with while filming okay and so they never knew what he would go to pick up yeah and they wanted everything to be like if sherlock holmes was using this he would he would do this that's so interesting um and another example and there's a couple examples of it in different movies that like i've noticed so like in avengers one of the most Mm -hmm. more well-known ones is eating blueberries is he would hide food around set and finally the like crew got tired of telling him to stop and so they would just lead it so when he like when tony offers bruce blueberries yeah that's robert just eating blueberries and offering them to mark ruffalo that's amazing yeah um so he would just randomly like hide food on set Does mark ruffalo eat the blueberries I'm yeah he takes them yeah that's so funny um or in iron man 3 
when he's in his workshop going over all the mandarin cases Mm -hmm. and it's like all the digital blue stuff that yellow remote that he's using is actually a uh, um a motor pendant (laughs) for that's what i used for lighting that's so you know you have like the truss that yeah and the motors that move the truss up and down that that yellow control he has literally has like three buttons you have the flip that tells you if you're mm-hmm. if the motors are going up or down mm-hmm. and then you have start and stop there's no way to control anything but he just picks it up and is using it as if it is right that's so funny he's I, such a great actor i just hope it wasn't plugged into anything <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah so they so going off of that with the sherlock holmes with creating the apartment they used they wanted to make sure that everything linked back to Sherlock Holmes like to the most minute detail yeah because they never knew like oh what's Robert gonna use today so yeah it's so good overall as we've talked for almost an hour and a half there's a lot to talk about yeah (laughs) if you can't tell this is my favorite movie I think I think that came across yeah yep and happy one year anniversary Thank you. again! I'm really year. proud of the way you've s- launched the podcast. Yeah, you continued the podcast through 2020, which was a crazy year. You've grown it; like yeah. you have new guests on all the time. Super exciting! Super proud of you. So you. happy one year anniversary, and thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you've been a part of it. You have helped with everything. You created the logos. You are constantly helping me make everything look good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And yeah, and letting and listening to me ramble about movies is really what started this. This is true. So you're as you're just as important <laughs> in having this be a success. Thanks. Appreciate this that. also comes out the same week as Sherlock Holmes Day, which is June, oh. which is May twenty second. Is Sherlock Holmes Day? Nice, nice. And I'm very excited. Did you plan that on purpose? No. Nice. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't it great? What a coincidence! It's fantastic. Um. Oh, yeah. Thanks for being on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for helping me for the last year with everything. Oh, show. And thanks for letting me talk your ear off about movies. Always. That's what I'm here for. Until next time. And now I'm one of you. (laughs) Now, one of us. It's a great thing. One of us. One of us. (laughs) It actually wasn't as bad as what I was thinking it was going to be. I braced myself. I jumped into the MCU. I jumped into Sherlock and... (laughs) Whew, guys, I'm pretty cool. So now you're coming home and we're going to watch number two. Because I don't think you've watched A Game of Shadows. I've watched it halfway. So you haven't watched it, so we need to watch it, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mochas podcast. Have a great day, guys.